Blessed are you, Lord, the God of our fathers, for you are just in all you have done. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be In those days, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he may not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they came to him, he said to them, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with the blood of his own Son. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves, will arise men speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by so toiling, one must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had spoken thus, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him power over all flesh, 
to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you gave me to do. And now, Father, you glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words which you gave me, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you did send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are mine. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There is a story in the lives of the Desert Fathers that goes as follows. It was said of Father Agathon that some monks came to find him, having heard of his great discernment, wanting to see if he would lose his temper. They said to him, aren't you that Agathon who is said to be a fornicator and a prideful man? Yes, it is very true, he answered them. So they resumed, aren't you that Agathon who is always talking nonsense? I am, he said. Again, they said, aren't you that Agathon the heretic? But at that, he replied, I am not a heretic. So they asked him, 
Tell us why you accepted all of the insults that we cast at you, but rejected the insult of heresy. He answered them, The first accusations I take to myself, for that is humbling and is good for my soul. But heresy is separation from God. So what is heresy, and why is it so terrible? The Greek word eresis literally means a personal opinion. Now in its usage by the New Testament and in the church, it has the meaning of a personal opinion contradicting the apostolic tradition and teaching. A private opinion that is unorthodox and divisive, and an opinion that threatens the unity of Christian doctrine, thus threatening the unity of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church itself, threatening the souls of those who are part of it. Heresy is mentioned many times, both directly and indirectly, in the writings of the New Testament. For example, in his letter to Titus, the first bishop of Crete, St. Paul said, reject a heretic because such a person is perverted and sins and is self-condemned. In his second epistle, St. Peter tells us that there will be false prophets among you warning his church, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Master Jesus Christ, who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And St. John the Evangelist, in his first epistle, writes, Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have already come. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might be plain that they all are not of us. It is a sad thing that heresies often begin within the church, usually by corrupt leaders or ones who had been led astray themselves, who are called by Jesus ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing, seeking to destroy the innocent faithful. But St. John makes it clear that although, again, what he said, they went out from us, nevertheless, they are not of us. That is to say, even though at one time <clears throat> they were with the church and abided, abided in the apostolic teaching, they have departed from the true faith and are no longer a part of the church. This very same warning is what St. Paul gave to the early bishops of the church, as we just heard from the Acts of the Apostles. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you bishops to care for the church of God, which he obtained 
with the blood of his own son. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away the believers after them. So now we know or have an idea of what heresy is and that it has waged war against the church from the very beginning. But why is it so bad? Why does St. Paul in one place say that those who practice heresy will not inherit the kingdom of God? Why does St. John of the Latter in his book say that to fall into heresy is the most serious of sins? Well, Father Agathon, in the story I told you at the very beginning, tells us point blank. Heresy is to be separated from God. And to be separated from God means to be separated from life. To be separated from life means death, spiritual and even eternal death. After all, Christ proclaimed in the gospel this morning as he was praying to his father, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Heresy accomplishes the exact opposite of what the Lord desires here in his prayer. Since heresy does not allow for the true knowledge of God, rather it produces false idols and a distorted teaching about Jesus Christ. The plain fact is that to believe incorrectly leads to an incorrect understanding of who God is, even a perverted morality, and ultimately spiritual death. And that is why the apostles and the fathers of the church dealt so severely with heretical teachings. Heresy threatens the very salvation of our souls. And like poison, it needs to be absolutely avoided. Or like a cancer, it needs to be cut out. Let me give you a few historical examples. The Arian heresy, combated and defeated by the 318 God-bearing fathers at the First Ecumenical Council, which we commemorate and celebrate today. Arianism taught that Jesus Christ was not of one essence with the Father, that there was a time when the Son of God did not exist. Well, if Jesus Christ is not perfect God, but some creature, even if the highest created being, then he cannot save us. A mere man cannot bridge the divide between the uncreated and the created. The blood of a mere mortal cannot cleanse us from our sins. A mere human being cannot destroy the power of the devil and rise from the dead. Another ancient heretic, Apollinaris, taught that Jesus Christ did not have a human mind. But if that is the case, then the Son of God 
did not truly become a man in every respect. And if he did not have a human mind, then we have not been completely healed. As St. Gregory the theologian said, what is not taken on cannot be healed. The Macedonian heresy called the Holy Spirit a creature and not divine or God. But if the Holy Spirit is not truly God, then he cannot sanctify us because only God is truly holy. And the Holy Spirit, if not God, cannot consecrate the sacraments of the church, therefore rendering them useless. And then there were also the Nicolaitans, about which even our Lord Jesus Christ speaks in the book of Revelation two times, saying, the doctrine and the deeds of the Nicolaitans I hate. This is because this particular sect abandoned the moral teachings of Christ for a life of self-indulgence. Their teaching misconstrued and perverted grace and replaced liberty with license. Fine, you might say to me, but the heresies are something of the past. But are they, I ask you? Don't they still threaten the church and the faithful from all sides? Aren't heretical teachings always among us trying to drag us out from the Holy Orthodox Church, the Ark of Salvation? My brothers and sisters in Christ, the ancient heresies, although condemned by the church long ago, still threaten our salvation today and still exist in one form or another. Those serpents of old continue to rear their ugly heads time after time in each generation. An ancient author, Tertullian, wrote that the sheep's clothing which the wolves wear is the external surface of the Christian profession. That is, they disguise the heretical, murderous, and immoral doctrines under the name of being Christian. And I say these things to you this morning because you need to be aware that these pitfalls and dangers do in fact still exist. They are all around us, and if we are not educated in our own faith, in our own teachings, in the history of the church, we may become victims ourselves. Please take the apostles, the fathers, the New Testament seriously when they tell us that heretical doctrines and unorthodox teachings separate one from God and jeopardize the very salvation and authentic healing of our souls. Let us also take comfort in the words of St. Paul, who says, But there must be heresies among you, in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. May the God of all recognize us as genuine, true, faithful believers in the dread day of his judge, of just judgment. 
To God be all the glory, the power, and the dominion forever and ever. Amen.